You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome to the OTI Wildcard Weekend Recap. I couldn't uh, remember the words that I was meant to say there. DJ, the Wildcard Weekend is in the books. There's a lot of entertaining matches. A few surprises, uh, maybe. We predicted how some of the games were going to go, but it was uh, very entertaining nonetheless. We're going to talk about all those games just coming up. DJ, I hope you enjoyed the wildcard. Obviously, now we know who my Green Bay Packers are going to face as well as your Patriots, and it will be interesting as we break down. We'll break down those games. We'll talk a little bit more about the opponents coming up this weekend, and, of course, we'll be talking about them on our preview show later in the week. Wildcard weekend, DJ, was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, Colin, some interesting games, some games with greater margins of victory for particular teams than... Certainly, I was expecting some games very close in the end up. Yeah, there's a couple of games too, DJ, as we move forward, we'll mention them. Bit of controversy in them, which uh, still uh, you have an explanation that uh, you're going to read off in a moment. But, you know, I'm still up in the air as to, as to what all went down. And I'm sure you know I'm talking about that Cowboys-Lions game. DJ, as always, lastwordonsport.com are our partners here at Overtime Ireland. They're doing a great job of promoting the show each and every week. Check out the Last Word on Sport radio network. We're up there. There's a number of other great shows from a lot of different sports. There's soccer podcasts, uh, baseball podcast lots of different podcasts a variety of sports do check them out as well as other nfl podcasts so go over there that's the last word on sport radio network and the twitter handle as always is at last word on sport you can find out all the information going on there and our twitter handle is at overtime ireland the rate or the numbers going up each and every week so keep spreading the word uh, keep helping us get more followers and of course keep uh, downloading the podcast so these are the plugs done out of the way we like to get through them nice and quickly we'll go in now and we'll recap all the games from this past wildcard weekend let's get into that right now let's recap this weekend's nfl action it's the oti weekend roundup so DJ, usually we have about uh, end around the, you know, maybe 14, 15 games to go through each and every weekend as we recap the show. Well, today we only have four, so it should be short and sweet. We're muttering through this as I'm on a break here, a lunch break uh, late in the day from my job. So we're trying to speed through this. So without further ado, DJ, we'll let you go and hit us with the first game. What game's up first? Yeah, Colin, we'll start with Andrew Luck and him getting a playoff victory with the Indianapolis Colts 26-10 to against the Cincinnati Bengals in Lucas Oil Stadium, setting up a divisional round clash with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, DJ, this year, you know, we've seen this, this was the game, we'll talk later in the week about the game, obviously it's going to be Peyton Manning against Andrew Luck, we all know what happened with Manning and Indianapolis, and they played each other at the start of the season, Broncos came out on top, so this is going to be a fascinating game this weekend, a lot of good games coming up this weekend, as you would expect at this point of the season. DJ Andrew Luck had an absolutely fantastic game, I thought there was a couple of key plays, you know, he was under pressure a couple of times, threw the ball deep in particular, that touchdown to Moncrief, and uh, I was very impressed with his play overall, usually you'll expect a turnover or two from Luck, but turnover free game, here I was uh, I was impressed with him DJ um, in this game of course people talk about Andy Dalton give him a lot of stick well I think you kind of can't give him too much stick unless he was without his three best targets this season and I know they've been without Eifert the whole year but Gresham was also ruled out who's the number two pass catcher there this season and obviously missing the superstar that is AJ Green and you know he was he was left in a bad situation with that there were kind of a, a couple of different players you know that were getting a few passes were trying to get a few different you know screen plays and so on going at the start but no, I was surprised Jeremy Hill started the game well ran the ball well not a drive that they got the touchdown and when they responded to the Colts getting the up, opening drive touchdown but you know then they, they didn't really establish the run after that thought uh, the game kind of got out of hand and the Colts were always in control later on in it and 
you know, a couple of key plays on fourth down or third down, sorry, T.Y. Hilton with a couple picking them up. And then we had a, there was a pickup. Hackey and Nix was even getting in on play. So I thought overall the, the Colts were uh, deserving of the win here. I thought, you know, there's, there's reason uh, for teams that would be facing them to be a little bit worried. The Broncos could be a little bit worried this week. But as I mentioned, Luck, you know, he usually turns the ball over. He was turnover free. His best game definitely uh, in the last four weeks. He had a couple of dodgy games there recently, but maybe stepping up for the playoffs now. And you know the one thing about Andrew Luck, DJ, even if he does throw an interception or two, he keeps going back, and he's not afraid to. He's not afraid to keep firing the ball downfield. And you know, and this one, DJ, it, it showed again. He, you know, the running game isn't superb, but it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be in this one. So have to have to obviously give credit to them. I think Chuck Pagano has done a fantastic job since he's come in there and. Uh, you know, you have to feel sorry for the Bengals fans, DJ. They're they're one and done again in the playoffs. Disappointing for them, obviously. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to give anything to really, you know, excite their fans after this season. They started off so good. People were tipping them for big things, and you know, get into the playoffs, chance of an upset. But then with AJ Green, everything just worked against them in this situation. So unlike the losses in previous years, where maybe Dalton threw a couple of bad picks and so on and so forth, there's you know. It, it, wasn't as much uh, on the quarterback or the coaching side this time, but more down to the fact that just injuries and that worked against them and came up against a, a good Colts team at the weekend. Yeah, Colm, we'll stick with the AFC while we're at it and moving on to the Baltimore Ravens getting a 30-17 victory over Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers. 30, or Big victory for the Ravens here, Colm. Yeah, DJ, obviously... I, I really thought that the, the Steelers would be able to take advantage of the, the secondary of the Ravens and this one obviously Le'Veon Bell being out was a huge blow and I think a lot of people might underestimate the the impact that was going to have a lot of people thought you know with the secondary issues that the Ravens have had all year that Big Ben will be able to throw the ball deep they'll be able to try and get the ball to Antonio Brown and so on get Bryant going in those deep passes but just uh, didn't work out as uh, I expected anyway I thought that the defense of the Ravens really stepped up Terrell Suggs been back or Trail Suggs' plan was a, a huge boost. Nat had been back was also fantastic. Uh, you know, they were getting pressure on Big Ben all night. And it was interesting, DJ, at the end. You know, Big Ben, I don't know if he should have come back on, what happened, but through that pick at the end to, to seal the deal, there was a couple of, couple of you know, questionable calls, I have to say. I thought Tomlin a few times could have been a bit more braver, went for it in fourth down and things like that. But it just didn't work out for the Steelers in the end. And look, look Le'Veon Bell is their MVP this year, and uh, he wasn't playing. So, better like AJ Green not playing for the Bengals. It's, it was always going to be a tough one for them. DJ Joe Flacco mentioned uh, the Bengals, and you know Andy Dalton's won and done again. Well, Joe Flacco, every time he's made the playoffs, he's won a game in the playoffs, at least one game each time. I went on the road again for him and his coach, John Harbaugh, DJ, and that there puts them now, I think it's is it 10 road wins in the playoffs, or maybe it's is it 8 or 10. I just can't I've come up during the game the last day, and just off the top of my head now, not coming to a definite answer. It's either 8 or 10, and I uh, have to say, another few years together, and they could be the top the top duo as a, as a coach and quarterback at a, a road playoff wins. They've, uh, they've been good on the road, and that's not good for you, DJ, because, you know, they're going on the road to the Patriots this week, so not one that uh, you'll be you'll be all that confident, I'm sure, about, but I think the Patriots might still take care of business in that one game I'm actually looking forward to, and I'm expecting it to be a very physical encounter, but Joe Flacco, DJ, took care of the ball, and he, you know, he's, he's never afraid to throw that deep ball, I would say, if you're looking around the NFL, quarterback, arm strength, people talk about arm strength, look at Joe Flacco, and you know, he threw a deep ball to Torrey Smith, and this Torrey Smith didn't keep his feet down. He only got one foot in bounds. It would have been a touchdown, and they'd have settled for a field goal. But you have to say, uh, he corked the ball, I think it was about 40 yards downfield, and luckily he didn't even put any strain in his arm. So Joe Flacco, uh, people talk about cannons or hoses for arms. Look at Joe Flacco, and uh, you'll, see, you'll see that there uh, is a good definition, uh, you know, if you're looking for arm strength. 
but uh, overall I was impressed with him they didn't really get the run game going which was so good for them early in the season I think they're going to need to establish that if they're going to have a chance against the Patriots but a big one here DJ for the Ravens and obviously beating a, a big rival like the Steelers you know that's one of the biggest rivalries in the whole off the NFL so a big big win and, uh, and the Ravens will have a, a lot of confidence going forward now yeah, Colin, it'll be interesting to see if 12-year veteran Troy Polamalu returns mm. to Pittsburgh next year. He's, I think he's considering retirement and said that it was fair for reporters to ask him, was that going to be his final game? Yeah, I think it's fair to say. I would expect it to be his final game. You know, he's had a... He's absolutely one of the best to ever play the position. I I would say he's going to the Hall of Fame. But when you look at his play over the last two years, and particularly this year, I thought last year he picked it up in the middle stages of the season. But you know this year it hasn't been good, and you know he's sometimes he's more of a liability in his decision making. You know when he was going and he was on point with his, you know he takes a chance, he takes a lot of chances, and a lot of the time it used to pay off for him. Well, it's just not paying off for him at the moment. And I know I don't know if the Steelers are going to have him back. The other player, James Harrison, obviously came back. He was with the Bengals last year, retired, came out of retirement and had a phenomenal run down the stretch, got himself into fantastic shape and uh, played some of his best football in recent years this season. But I have to say, I think the two of them probably maybe, you know, we'll see them uh, hang up their cleats, but both have had fantastic careers. But, you know, I suppose over the next couple of weeks, probably around the Super Bowl, we'll find out uh, their intentions going forward to next season. But two legends of the game for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers, possibly playing their last game there. So there's a couple of players like that, DJ, you know, this week that we mightn't see back. Reggie Wayne's another player that, with the Colts game we talked about, I don't know if, uh, you know, the Colts are going to offer him a contract next year. He had one catch last night. He's obviously a legend of the team, but I just think, you know, with the injury last year, he's got back this year and played a year, and I think uh, we'll see him step away from the game too and retire. Uh, obviously, he's had a fantastic year, or fantastic career as well. I'm moving into the NFC and a great victory for Pete Morelli and the officials against <laughs> the Detroit Lions. Four-point victory for them in that game. Yeah, this year was a game that, you know... The Lions really controlled it, I thought, throughout. They got 14 points in that first quarter, 14 to zip up, get a field goal then, and they're 17-0 up, and then last kind of drive of the first half, the Cowboys get that uh, touchdown that, you know, helps get them a little bit of, get them on the board, get a bit of confidence going into the half. So it was 17-7 uh, to at the half, thought it was going to be control here for the Lions. I thought the Lions could pull off the upset, and I said a bet on the Lions. I backed them both plus the points and on the money line so I was disappointed in the final result on the, the money line bet but uh, they give me give me a good run for it then in the, the third quarter you know between the first quarter they had 14 points they only put up 6 points the rest of the game that'll disappoint them and also I thought their defence was absolutely superb I know in Dominic and Sue you can say should he be playing at all with the suspension the suspension rescinded and all he was absolutely phenomenal in this game and uh, you know they got a lot of pressure on Tony Romo, Romo saying after the game was the best defence they'd faced all year you could see that in the first half in particular and there was a couple of key sacks and Dominic and Sue had back-to-back sacks in this game at one stage and uh, you know I thought they were phenomenal the Lions but they just didn't put up the points then on offence when they got the opportunity there was a scenario in this game DJ where Matthew Stafford got hit as he went to throw the ball, there was a fumble, it was picked up by one of the Cowboys players, and the Cowboys player fumbled, it gave the Lions another chance to have a final drive to get a win in this game, but then ultimately the same player, I just can't, the name's not just coming to my head at the moment, but uh, 
he actually then forced another fumble from uh, Matthew Stafford to, to seal the game in the end up. But I thought the Cowboys uh, got a couple of very, very questionable calls in this one. The one in particular, the one when the flag was picked up for the pass interference. I think, you know, you call, you, you throw the flag, the re- the main official calls it as pass interference, you know, spot of the foul, we're moving forward on a first down for the Detroit Lions. I've never seen the flag picked up, the, f- the decision reversed after it's been announced in such a way. So, uh, you know, at that stage, I think the Cowboys were up, DJ, or the Cowboys were down at that stage, DJ, was it by 7 or 10 points? No, it must have, they were down at that stage, sorry, by 6 points, and then that would have led to a first down, uh, the Lions would have been in field goal position, I think they would have seen the game out at that stage, but you know, it was a key It was a key turn or a turn in the in events, because then the Lions on the next play had a false start penalty, dropped them back, they couldn't go for it in fourth down, punted it away, and then of course the Cowboys come down and won the game, so disappointing for the Lions fans they're going to have to wait for a win in the playoffs Sue after the game was quite emotional you know he has a big contract negotiations coming up he mightn't be with the Lions next year so I think he thought the defence had something special and had an opportunity this year it was the best I've seen them play in in the first quarter on offence this season they started the game so so well but just didn't finish it out and uh, disappointing Tony Romo DJ a lot of people were ready to you know give him stick you know when they were down behind Tony Romo doesn't deliver again whatever so on and so forth well Tony Romo I know there was help by the refs, a couple of questionable calls, but Tony Romo delivered that strike to the end zone at the end to Terence Williams, who had two touchdowns in the night, to pick up a victory. So a big win for them, four-point victory. Even DJ on that pass to Terence Williams, I thought there should have been a holding call against the Cowboys, just as Romo's thrown it. I've seen a screen grab, and you can clearly see that you know the, the defensive lineman's been pulled back, but didn't go. These are the things that sometimes happen, hometown decisions, whatever you want to call it. Cowboys get the win, move on. They're playing in Lambeau next week, and... Uh, you know, it's going to be a very good game and whoever wins that game, DJ, is going to be a real, real contender for the Super Bowl, but we'll talk more about that in the preview show later in the week, but, you know, I mentioned the Ravens, DJ, playing the Patriots. I haven't got to talk to you in depth about your overall thoughts on that game, but probably talk about it once we get finished up here but looking at this game from a, a Packers perspective I thought the Cowboys did get lucky I'm going to uh, you know don't want to face Des Bryant all that much uh, I suppose they've got a lot of practice facing Calvin Johnson maybe they'll try and do a similar job on Des but the running game then we'll see how the Cowboys go but it's going to be it's going to be a good good game I'm, I'm predicting here in Lambeau and it's going to be a very very cold game so I think that might help the, the Packers a little bit with the, the freezing conditions I'm sure it'll be down close to the, the sub-zero temperatures in Lambeau but uh, moving on, DJ, one more game now to, to trot through. Yeah, victory for Ron Rivera and the Carolina Panthers. And, and just, DJ, before actually before you go into that, uh, you had an explanation there explaining, I know I skipped over it when we were talking about, about that flag being lifted. Can you elaborate on that there? From I mentioned that at the start of the show. Yeah, Colin, I think they're going to bring out a new movie called Pete Morelli Throws the Headlinesman Under the Bus. <laughs> <laughs> but Pete Morelli said that they got a information from another official from a different angle that thought the contact was minimal and didn't warrant pass interference, I would strongly suggest that official go to Specsavers if he's in Ireland or the UK, but just for any Lions fans that want to know who that official was, he was headlinesman Jerry Bergman. I'm sure there'll be some hit mill sent his way, but I suppose he's trying to do his job as best as he can at the end of the day, but when the flag's thrown, obviously... You know, it's uh, it was one I didn't think definitely shouldn't have been picked up, and then when the announcement was made, and uh, if I was a Lions fan, I'd be absolutely livid, and you can rightly see why. But I suppose the Cowboys fans will just not care all that much about it. And of course, we got a tweet in DJ uh, from Brett Love 
<laughs> Brett Lovejoy or Brett Loveday, sorry. Uh, he's a he's a Cowboys fan, and he was sitting with the uh, NFL, the team of around the NFL this year. They were kind of picking between teams of the Chargers, but a lot of them had picked uh, the New Orleans Saints to go to the Super Bowl. All their teams are now eliminated, and uh, the team off OTI for this year is the Dallas Cowboys. After the UK Cowboys fans won that fan free agency in the off season, and I guess when we're looking back now, DJ, we can say that. Uh, our team is uh, progressing into the playoffs maybe it's the support of Overtime Ireland maybe we put on a call for that uh, decision to be changed we have that power DJ. we definitely have the power to, to change those big calls in the NFL don't we? Yeah Colm we're regularly in contact with Jerry Jones and <laughs> Dallas Cowboys you can be thankful that OTI did pick you as their team of the year so well obviously Colm's not going to be backing you next week and to, to be <laughs> honest with you it's not going to affect me Patriots will probably end up playing the Seahawks in the Super Bowl <laughs> here. We'll see how that goes, but the Carolina Panthers column travel will travel to Seattle to take on the Seahawks and Ron Rivera has had a bad start to his week with a house fire, but he'll be hoping yeah. the rest of the week goes well and that they'll get a win in Seattle. I'm going to let you, DJ, just uh, fill me in there. I've been at work all day. House fire, fill me in a little bit more on that. Yeah. House fire at Ron Rivera's house. All his family and him good out. He seemed quite calm about the whole thing. And it's probably going to be one of the worst puns related to the NFL. But he'll be hoping that his team are on fire when they <laughs> travel to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. And I think they'll really need to be at their best and probably performing out of their skins to get a victory against Seattle. Yeah, when we're talking to you about the Seattle game, obviously... Uh, you know, they bet, they bet the Cardinals here. They limited the Cardinals to 78 yards total offense, which is the lowest ever in a postseason game. You know, ph- phenomenal defense over the last few weeks. Talked to Chris Wesley about it a few weeks ago on the show, DJ. We talked now again last week to Ross Tucker about it, who are previewing this game. He talked about these, maybe a no-name defense, we'll call it, the boys that they've signed off the street, the rookies and the, the defense. How much they've improved this team over the last few weeks. This team... You know, they went on a four-game losing streak. They picked up these boys to the street. The team has improved so much. On defense, they were very, very good in this. Obviously, they have Luke Keekley, who seems to be everywhere. It seems to be he's a magnet to the ball, and they obviously tipped that ball for that late pick that uh, sealed the deal here for the Panthers. I thought Cam Newton, although he wasn't passing the ball all that well, he didn't do much through the air in this. Kelvin Benjamin had a few ones that maybe he should have caught that he didn't. A few issues like that there, but he obviously had that interception too that uh, almost went back for a, a touchdown, but he made a tackle, led to a touchdown eventually. I thought Cam had a few, I think it was three key uh, third down plays in a row he made with his legs in the second half. So, you know, I think he's starting to, to come of age a little bit as a quarterback. I thought he'd he, he done a nice job in checking out of some maybe pass plays and run plays and so on and so forth. A few audibles at the line of scrimmage. I thought he'd done a nice job there. The Cardinals, DJ, could not run the ball in this and it really worked hard, hard against them and they weren't able to move the ball in first down, second down through the run. Then they were passing in third and long, getting a lot of pressure on them. And obviously that helped the defense look good as well. But Ryan Lindley didn't have a, a really a really great game here either. And I suppose what was to be expected coming into it. Talked about that all in the preview. And, it, you know, he wasn't on the roster in week one. He's kind of their fourth string quarterback for the season. We've seen Logan Thomas for one snap that led to a first down. But outside of that, we didn't see him. I just thought overall that the Cardinals... They were winning at half time, but the the game plan didn't work out for them in the second half. And really, uh, you know, the only points in the second half was that late safety, which didn't really make much of a difference in the game. But I thought uh, overall, these the Panthers impressed me. The Cardinals, just unfortunately for them, with the quarterback situation, 
we'll never know. They could have been the number one seed if Palmer had stayed healthy, but you know, uh, unfortunately for them and Bruce Arians, they're, they're, they're done after one game in the playoffs. The Panthers move on. Riverboat, Ron and Co. You mentioned the house fire there, DJ. I hadn't been aware of that, but interesting start to the week for them. But they're going up to Seattle. We'll talk about it more in the preview, but you, know, you have to kind of take the start of the season out of it. Just look at them from December on. They've been very, very good, and they're a real threat to any team. Give up 16 points, and that's, this, that was the most games they've given up, I think, in the last five games was 16. So they're keeping teams to low margins. The Seahawks don't score a lot. Every time they play the Seahawks, they keep the scores quite close, and they almost bet them this year, although that was in Carolina. So it's going to be another good game, a very physical game, one I'm looking forward to. I think all the games for this weekend coming up these are real, real crackers, so many talking points. There was a couple of games this week that I wasn't all that pushed about in this wildcard thing. They turned out to be quite good games, but I have to say, DJ, uh, when we're doing the preview now later in the week, I'm really, really looking forward to this one. We're going to have a couple of guests on, hopefully, to, to preview some of the games with us. So it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting one later in the week, obviously, the... the preview podcast but that'll be coming out on thursday obviously as always you'll be able to check that out get your fix before the saturday games and then obviously the two sunday games too dj have you the fixtures up in front what way are these games going to be this weekend yeah well colin it all kicks off with the new england patriots thankfully they're on at half nine uk time on saturday Yeah, good time for you, that one, DJ, and it's going to be a fascinating one. We'll, we'll go into these in depth, obviously, later in the week. But the Patriots up first, DJ, against the Ravens, the Seahawks and the Panthers, that late game on Saturday. Then we have the Cowboys at the Packers, which I'm definitely looking forward to. And as you mentioned, a nice early game, uh, straight in from work. Actually, I'm off work on, on Sunday, so I'm going to be looking forward to this. Maybe have a couple of brewskis throughout the day and get ready for this. By 6 o'clock, I could be in real good form. And then, obviously, uh, the Colts and the Broncos to finish it all off. So it's going to be a fantastic week of games. I'm really looking forward to them. We'll be back for that preview, as I mentioned, on Thursday. DJ, just before we finish up, uh, news off uh, Stan Kroenke, obviously a man we know all too well, the Arsenal owner, us being Arsenal fans in the world of soccer. But uh, he, he owns the St. Louis Rams. Obviously, he's talked about that he is planning to build a stadium in Inglewood, which is in L.A. So could have uh, the Los Angeles Rams coming back. But the NFL have come out, DJ, and uh, said you know that there's no team, or no team has applied to, to move, and then obviously that no team will be moving in 2015. So, you know, it's all up in the air at this point. But it's been something that's been rumoured for a long time that Stan Kroenke would build a stadium in L.A. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, you know, it'll be fantastic, I think, to have a team in LA, but, you know, the St. Louis crowd aren't going to want that to happen with their Rams, and we'll just see, we'll see what happens down the road. Any thoughts on it, DJ, outside of uh, a new stadium could possibly be on the way to LA? I suppose, yeah, how, I think that- how does it affect the UK uh, plans as well? Uh, there was rumours during the week that uh, Tottenham Hotspur planned to build a new stadium, possibly linking up with an NFL franchise to help fund that, but that's another rumour that seems to be knocked down by the NFL. So, out of those two rumours, DJ, any any thoughts? Yeah, I'll call them. It was, it was interesting to see the whole rumours to do with Spurs. I was quite actually disappointed that it was Spurs that were the particular team, but then <laughs> I suppose when their pitch would be dug up by the NFL players, it would be the usual muck that it normally is. <laughs> well, DJ, there... Uh that there was probably the response I was expecting as I mentioned the Tottenham thing but I, I think it'll be good LA is a, such a vibrant city so much going on so many sports fans there I think it'll be fantastic opportunity for the NFL but building the stadium has always been the issue we talked to Adam Rank a few times in the podcast DJ and he's obviously uh, he was a fan of the LA Rams unfortunately now he's a Chicago Bears fan but what can we do about that? But he's uh, he obviously talked about the, the biggest problem is the, the financial aspect of it so 
finances out of the way, uh, Stan Kroenke, maybe he'll sell Arsenal Football Club to fund it. I don't know what will happen. There's going to have to be some sort of joint agreement with the league, I suppose, to help part fund it. But uh, I think it's something that's going to happen, and I think uh, this is another step towards it. Obviously, DJ, we're doing this here. I mentioned I was rushing out of work. Um, we have given away a T-shirt this week as well for the closest to the correct score in the Dallas Cowboys Detroit Lions fan or game I got quite a bit of criticism on Twitter I tweeted out the tweet from last week that had said the Lions at the Cowboys which is our selection last week tweeted that out and a lot of people were saying oh I hope uh, you're not being too confident of the game next week and oh the wrong team you've done the wrong team I hope you mean the, the Lions and the Cowboys well I was definitely wrong uh, I wasn't trying to be smart or anything I just was being lazy I was watching the games tweeted it out quick didn't read through it properly and of course uh the Detroit Lions lost, so it's going to be the Lions at the or the the Cowboys at the Packers. So I was wrong on a, a lot of fronts there, but we haven't done the draw yet because I'm still at work. I'm on a 12-hour shift today, so squeezing in the podcast on the run, DJ. So we'll uh, tweet that out uh, hopefully this evening or definitely later in the week. So we'll be back on Thursday, as I mentioned, with another podcast. Please do subscribe to the show. Keep uh, checking out the Twitter feed at Overtime Ireland and keep sending in your thoughts and interaction. We had great interaction after the games this week. Uh, very interesting thoughts to get from some of you and a couple of those questions DJ we got and I almost forgot to do a few of them as uh, we go to the end of the podcast Cahill McCabeson and what are the advantages of any of not letting the refs keep their usual squad of, of officials uh, for the playoffs for those who don't know and I'm sure a lot of you do know now even if you didn't before because it was mentioned quite a few times in that Dallas Cowboys game but the officials don't work together all season that are uh, in these playoff games they take the cream of the crop they guess uh, you know the refs are, are marked down each and every week in the games we've talked to Jim Diapolis about this before he's a former vice president of officiating and we've had him on the show a number of times he's talked about how the, the refs are graded as you move forward then if the better the ref is the further into the playoffs they'll go all the way to the Super Bowl crew but it doesn't you don't it's not the best ref takes his crew with them you take all the officials so those officials haven't worked together before and as we've seen in Dallas that can lead to some strange strange decisions so I think they should keep the crews together that have done the best job together all season but I guess the NFL thinks this way obviously they're getting the, the best refs at the position same as base judge, line judge and so on and the, the main official moving forward but uh, any thoughts on it for you DJ? Yeah, I'll call him, I can't remember his exact answer but I think Jim Diabolos did answer this question when he was on the podcast at the start of the season and I think he agreed that it should be the same officiating team for the playoffs that during the, as during the regular season yeah, I think that that is what he said, but you know, getting the gist of it. But I think that uh, overall, you get a more consistent. If you know the crew, you know all the decisions. You get a much more consistent overall result. You know, from what you've seen in the playoffs, what you've seen through the season. Basically, kind of, I think you think of oh, my officiating teammate we'll call it over on the far side if he would call this as pass interference we'll call it and if I don't because there was a couple of calls in this game that and I've seen it in a few games where down a, and particularly in that Cardinals game against the Panthers there was a, a penalty for a holding on Greg Olsen I can't remember who but he just put his hand on his shoulder they said it was the correct decision there was definite contact but then we've seen on the other side when Floyd was going for a deep ball his arm was clearly pulled back and it wasn't given so you know you get that inconsistency because I think the crews know what the other guys in the crew are going to give and then they keep it more consistent in that format so I think that there's kind of trying to get to the gist of it but I guess DJ now will wrap up the show because if I don't go back to work I'm going to get probably fired so on the way back to work now guys so as always uh, until next time my name's Colm and I'm DJ And until next time, have a good one.
Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.